one thing I am perfectly sure, God's story never ends with ashes. Elizabeth Elliot. Thank you so much for joining the show today. This is Stories with Sarah, and I am your host, Sarah Hathcock. I'm so excited for you to hear today's episode. We have someone amazing on the podcast, and I know that you guys are going to be tremendously blessed by this person's story. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Stories with Sarah. This is your host, Sarah, and I'm so excited for today's guest. She is joining us all the way from Atlanta, and I'm super, super pumped. Sorry, it is going to be so amazing, and I just want to welcome Rin Tomlinson to the podcast. Hey, thank you so much for having me. I'm so honored. You are so welcome, and just want everyone to know, because I just think this is hilarious, that (laughs) this is our second take of recording the podcast, (laughs) because my lovely dog, Duke, decided to ruin the episode with a tennis ball, so (laughs) real life coming at you. So, as I mentioned in our previous take, um, you have not always been a follower of Jesus, um, or didn't truly know him um and so I just want to talk about that journey um how you got to the place that you are now living in Atlanta going to Passion City Mm -hmm. Church um working for you know an amazing organization like just tell us that journey yeah what that looked like for you well thank you for asking that um it's been an interesting journey so I when I was four years old I was with my mom in a grocery store parking lot, and I said, Mama, I want Jesus in my heart. Um, I'm originally from Alabama, so you can hear it probably (laughs) in the voice. But um, anyway, uh, it was in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. We were at Food World, and um, I just said, I want Jesus in my heart. And so she led me in a prayer, and from that point until I graduated high school, that's just what I knew to be true. And I was very understanding of what was right and wrong and the lanes that I should stay within. I never was rebellious. Um, like my parents didn't even have a curfew for me because it was, they just trusted that, you know, she's, she's more worried about other people being disappointed and hurt than she's worried about a consequence. So mm. uh, anyway, I, I just say that to say like, it was very much um, religion to me. Versus actually, you know, being in a relationship um, in some parts. In some parts, it was different. But um, anyway, they're just, I say that to say there was a lot of milk, but not a lot of meat um, Mm. in just my relationship with the Lord. At that time, your family all went to church? Yeah, yeah. We all went to church ever since I was a little bitty. Um, We went to several different churches. Now, my mom... (laughs) It's so funny. <laughs> we lived right across the street from um, a oh gosh, what is it called? Um, I cannot remember the name of the church. Anyway, they it was you. You only wore like long dresses and mm-hmm. um, gosh, I, I, can't, I wish I could remember the de- denomination. Anyway, my mom played on their softball team, and she would always wear like short shorts and like cut off <laughs> shirts and I'm like mom <laughs> but we were always in church I say that to say that because she's just so funny I just thought it was so funny it was like you know just sort of like bucking the religious yeah she's whatever just like I'm gonna I'm gonna be me yeah yeah she was like <laughs> I'm here 
to That's play awesome. ball. So anyway, um, but yeah, we were always, um, Church of the Nazarene. That's what it is. Um, uh, okay. Anyway, um, I grew up in a Methodist church, um, and just was very, um, very involved, you know, all going through, um, going through high school. And I remember being at a beach retreat and I would always like, I never understood it, but I would always cry whenever the music would play and just sense Holy Spirit, but I didn't know that was what it was. Um, but I remember being on a beach retreat and I was sitting on the beach and I was reading my Bible. I really had no idea what I was doing at all. I just literally turned to second Samuel and I was like, this is my favorite Bible verse. You know what I mean? It's like, you, everybody yeah. has to have a favorite Bible verse, you know, it's like a thing. <laughs> and so yeah. I like put a seashell in there and I found that Bible recently. But anyway, a girl came up to me hmm. and she was, um, she was a Jehovah witness but she, her parents had let her come on the retreat. They weren't really practicing, but that was like what they had grown up in. And she was like, Hey, can you explain to me why you have so much hope in Jesus? Wow. And I was, I had nothing to tell her. I was like, I don't know. I don't, <laughs> I don't yeah. know the answer to that, you know? And luckily like people, you know, and people ended up coming outside and the, the conversation just got shifted, but that was a, that was a moment for me. I'll never forget that. Um, but I graduated from high school um, went to the University of Alabama, longer story, but, um, and my degree was in biology and chemistry. And at the time that I was moving into college, everything in my family that I knew to be true was sort of unraveling. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, when you're in, when you're at like a major institution like that, there aren't a lot of teachers that are believers. And so I didn't yeah. have any, um, any direction from them really not a lot of direction from my family because they were trying to deal with, you know, what they had going on. And then the church that I was in didn't have a college ministry. So it didn't have any community around me. And I'll never forget the day that I was standing on my grandmother's front porch, looking up into the sky about to open her screen door. And just the thought dropped into my head. What if none of this is real? Mm -hmm. And for about five years, I lived like there was no God. It was like everything that I thought to be true of God unraveled in my brain. And I like, it was one of the deepest depressions that I have ever been in. It was one of the deepest dark nights of the soul where I just had no idea what was true anymore. And I lived like I was a part of the world. And I think, you know, at that point in time, there was, there were a lot of new things that were, you know, that were presenting themselves to me. And Mm-hmm. I was at a major college and I was in a sorority for the first year that I was there. And there were just a lot of opportunities to do things that, you know, high school ran would never have done. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, I think the way that I lived was, well, if the only person telling me that this is wrong is God and I can choose to say for my own self that he's not real, then that's just the easiest way about this, you know, mm-hmm. but it was the darkest, <clears throat> darkest night. Um, and mm-hmm. I walked through that for five years and I really just, have always valued learning and I've always valued knowledge and just growing in that. And so that was a really hard thing for me to move past when I was in biology and chemistry and gr- graduated, you know, one class short of having a minor in chemistry. Mm-hmm. Um, and so graduated from that, um, and just really just was like, all over the place, you know, just didn't have, there was no direction really yeah. in my life. But even in that place, 
I had a very astute understanding of what was right and what was wrong, but I could not, like there were certain places I just would not even let myself go. And Mm -hmm. when I finally, when the Lord finally was, you know, wooed me back to him, um, I was understanding and seeing that like, that was, that was God's truth really just like that had already been woven in and through me in the verse in the Mm -hmm. Bible that says, raise your kids up on the way that they should go. And you know, when they grow up, they won't depart. And that was really true. Um, but in God's kindness, he used people to love me in a place where I was just not lovable, you know, from Mm -hmm. the world sense, like I just was not lovable. I mean, I was so unhealthy emotionally and just, there Mm -hmm. were so many things that had happened and people just loved me when they didn't have to. And, um, slowly. So would you say, would you say, so we talked a little bit about, um, the Enneagram in our yeah. little, you know, thing earlier. Um, so for a type nine, which you said, that's what you are, mm-hmm. um, or part of who you are, not just what you are. Yeah. Um, uh, you, would you say that like those five years that you were, um, just disengaged with, with like who you are, like the plan for your life, like it was just kind of a season of being disengaged. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. And I love, 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 love the Enneagram. Um, and I thought for a long time I was, a, I was a type seven because we tend to avoid pain and mm-hmm. things like that. But I do mm-hmm. just recently, um, have learned that I, I really think that I'm a type nine. Um, mm-hmm. and I do think that that had a, a lot to do with it because when you're in a place where things hurt and mm-hmm. you don't have words for it, but you also feel almost victimized by what's going on, but you also don't feel okay being a victim, I think, the yeah. easiest way to go about that is to just disengage. And I don't know that mm-hmm. it had anything to do with shame. I think it just had a lot to do with like, I don't have the emotional energy for this Yes, because my brain is going in a million different ways. And when, yes. a, when a nine is in stress, they move. Let me, let me make sure I'm saying this right. When a type nine is just in a season of stress, they exhibit more properties from the type six. So fear, isolation, mm-hmm. things believe that that was what was going on yeah yeah then there's just so much truth to that um so um yeah go ahead and and finish your thought um of people loving you even though you didn't you know deem yourself lovable yeah um my friend natalie and rusty natalie uh they met in college Mm -hmm. and natalie's shout out friend yeah shout out (laughs) um anyway we were we were best friends and in the middle of college, we had, I had dated a guy who kind of isolated me from every single person that I knew, um, which the Lord gave me forgiveness for him. And it has been the most beautiful thing because I could not have forgiven him on my own. And now we are friends yeah. and talk. But anyway, um, in the midst of that, I totally abandoned her as a friend and she had no reason to love me the way that she did and to accept me as a friend in the way that she did. And she chose to, and she and her husband, um, got married right after college. And then they started going to this church in Tuscaloosa and they started inviting me. And there were things that rose up in me and things that would make me weep that I had no idea why I was crying. And Mm. it was just like, it was just like the Lord was reaching into the deepest parts of me and bringing them back to life. And I had Mm. no idea what was happening, but I just knew that that was what was happening. And I kept going. Um, I got chills. That's just, that's amazing. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. But he's yeah. so faithful to do that. It says in Ezekiel 
36, 26, it says that he will make our heart of stone, a heart of flesh. And that was what he was doing. He was just, mm-hmm. he was just shouting down my Jericho walls and he just has been so faithful to keep doing that every single time I try mm-hmm. to shut my heart off, you know? Wow. Yeah. 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 So, um, so you started going to the church in, uh, in Tuscaloosa. Mm-hmm. Um, what happened after that, that, you know, was that kind of a immediate, you know, step back into that world or, um, no, you know, how to, yeah, it just, um, yeah, that's a great question. So no, it wasn't all I knew was that I was finding something there that I could not find anywhere else, but I was still like one foot in one foot out, like didn't really, you know, my, I just couldn't wrap my brain around it. And I'm very much in my head about things. So, um, oh, yeah. I, yeah. So anyway, so I kept going to church there and then, and eventually ended up moving to Birmingham and started going to a church that really helped me to uh, really unravel what my beliefs were and get to the mm-hmm. deeper parts of who Jesus really is. And I ended up yeah, getting what baptized is, um, there. I don't know. You know, um, Michael Gunger. I don't. Um, um, he sings the song, Beautiful Things. Oh. Um uh, I don't want to like, I mean, I can sing, but I don't want to like sing on my own podcast. But anyway, <laughs> the, the lyrics are, you make beautiful things out of the dust. Uh, and yes. um, he's, uh, I don't think he uh, like plays or sings anymore, but um, he talks about um, this podcast I listened to briefly, talks about kind of um, the deconstruction of our faith yeah, um, or like our, our better said, our beliefs. Yeah. Um, and I think, I think all of us, um, you know, depending on the way that we're raised and the, the beliefs that kind of are instilled in us, um, we have to go through a deconstruction point where we have to, it's kind of like, um, what are the beliefs that like I was taught and like, is this actually like what God is saying is true? Yeah. Um, and so that's a, a very special, like tender sensitive place to be oh yeah um because it can kind of go you know one or two ways <laughs> um mm-hmm. and so yeah I just kind of sensed like that deconstruction of prior beliefs oh um, yeah that was happening to you during that, that oh time. yeah you could not have said that any better because we <laughs> did when I first got there we did this we did this study by Jen Hatmaker, who is an eight, like a hard eight on the <laughs> And it was called um, Interrupted. Have you ever done that? Have you ever heard of it? No. Well, I'm, I'm intrigued. <laughs> yes. You go sit down with that study. It'll make you a different person. But um, Interrupted Jen Hatmaker. Mm-hmm. And right. it, I'm writing it down. Do it. Do it. It will change your life. But um, it was just so good. And it just challenged everything that I knew to be true about God and um, it invited me into a different place of him, into the justice portion of who God is. Um, mm-hmm. And that just, like, one thing that I can say about myself is that I have not in the past been open to change. And it takes me such a long time to transition because I love to be comfortable where I am. And it, mm-hmm. God will allow me in his kindness to get uncomfortable in order to move me. So, yeah, yeah. anyway, um, that that whole season while I was there was just like, I mean, just inviting me into a different understanding of who God was. I can't tell you how many times I would just like be in the road driving. At the time, I was in pharmaceutical sales, 
And I just would weep and have no idea why. And it just, it was just God that was, he was just really peeling back the layers of my heart and going, okay, let's, 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 let's shift into a new place. Um, And so I was in Birmingham and ended up, I mean, it was just like, had this very strong understanding that I was supposed to live in Atlanta. I had no idea why. And it happened within two weeks. I knew I was supposed to move to Atlanta. I started looking for jobs with the company that I was working for. And two weeks later, I had an interview. And a week later, I was, I had the job. So I moved. That makes me, like, when I moved to Seattle, it all happened within the span of about two weeks. So that's just crazy. Which is crazy for a type nine because we're like, "Mm, what, this doesn't feel like peace. (laughs) Yeah. Well, well, it's like, it's kind of like my peace depends on me doing this. Mm. Like Mm -hmm. that's that's where I was. I was just like, I, I, my world is chaos right now. And there's no way that it, I could, it could be like any more chaotic than it is right now. Um, no, <laughs> at totally least for, for me. And so I was like, you know, this, this feels like a, like a do or die moment where it's just like, you know, I gotta go outside the box and like, go seek this piece because, you know, I don't yes. know what else is going to happen. And for me, I packed, I, I drove a, a Kia Soul at the time. Mm-hmm. And so I uh, literally packed my car full of whatever would fit. And <laughs> if it didn't fit, it didn't, it didn't come with me. And oh, wow. the only piece of furniture I had was um, a little uh, nightstand. Um, and wow. when I got here, I, uh, my grandfather had given me a, an air mattress. And so I slept on an air mattress for like the first four months that I lived here. Oh, um, I love that because I was just like well I mean it's a bed you know and I I lived in this huge two-story house where I rented a room um, and I was the only person in this house for like the first four months I lived here and there was a kitchen table already in there but that was it it was this huge house my air mattress (laughs) kitchen Mm. table so all of the all the stuff a lot of the stuff I have now was given to me and uh, it's it's just cool to see how far I've come since that that air mattress. <laughs> that is so cool. A friend of mine just moved from Atlanta to LA and she just it was the same thing and you said it so perfectly because it's like your peace does it depends on yeah. you being obedient to mm-hmm. the call. And she felt that and I mean she gave everything away. I'm sitting here looking at an orchid that she gave me that I killed and then it came back to life. <laughs> But she did the same thing. And a, a family that she was living with bought her all new furniture for her, her oh, new apartment. Wow. So, yeah, just the faithfulness of God in that and in our obedience is yeah. beautiful. Yeah. So two weeks, you moved to Atlanta. Yep. You're so then good at this. <laughs> <laughs> I would have totally forgotten what I was talking about. Thank you for reminding me. Um, it's okay. It's my job as the host to, to keep, <laughs> keep us on story. You got it. Well, so ended up moving to Atlanta, um, for this job. And it was the most money I'd ever made. I was in pharmaceutical sales. Um, it was honestly the first time in my adult life that I was able to be like a young adult woman, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Like, and Mm -hmm. just kind of discover what that looks like. Um, and I think that God will do that. Like he'll, he'll take us out. It's almost like he plucks us out of where we were to take us to a new place not because where we were was bad or because the people were bad, but because he wanted to get to know me and me to get to know him in a whole new way. And he couldn't do that in the presence of where I was before because he needed me to get to a full understanding and deeper understanding of who he was. So anyway, I move over here um, and 
immediately started going to passion because, and this is crazy, two years prior, I had gone to a new gym in, um, in Birmingham and I was telling this guy that I'd just gone to the church of the Highlands, which is in Birmingham. And he was like, Oh, you ain't seen nothing yet. You got to go to passion in Atlanta. <laughs> and I was like, bro, that's like two and a half hours away. <laughs> I'm not <laughs> going there, but it was just God planted the seed a long time ago. And so, um, anyway, it was really, really beautiful. And so what's so cool about pastor Louie is um it's Louis Giglio as a pastor but what's so cool yeah. about him is that he is like literally just wrote a book of science experiments for children he loves oh, wow. science he loves the cosmos he I mean just all of I read it his fascinates um him. I read his book uh I haven't finished it yet but uh Goliath Must Fall yes um, such a great book yes it's so so good I was in um I was in the videos for the study the study that they produced you can get like the dvds and um i i hope that they didn't get me on screen a lot because i was sobbing through the whole thing (laughs) (laughs) they just sent me an email they're like what do you want to be involved in i was like yeah that'd be great meanwhile i'm sobbing through every (laughs) single episode and i'm like camera please do not look at me um it's so so good but he just does such a great job of helping you understand and and not making you feel bad for appreciating science for what it is um but but really opening the door for people who are in that world to come to faith and so Mm. um at that point I had gotten to know God better but I still wasn't sure about the Jesus part of the whole thing and when I got to passion I was like these people say Jesus a lot I don't (laughs) know about this and there's a whole wall in our church that says Jesus is life and it's a wall full of light bulb sockets so whenever someone um, whenever someone puts their faith in Christ, they get a light bulb to put into that wall. And we just finished it, which is really, really cool. Oh, um, that's amazing. It's yeah, it's beautiful, but, um, it is, yeah, it's just amazing to see the transition to there. The Lord, he put me there really to reintroduce me to who Jesus is and why he is the integral part of the story. And, um, so it's just been really beautiful because, I've been able to not not put my understanding of science and appreciation for it in one box and my faith in another, but they can live simultaneously in that tension yes. together. So, yeah, it's been yeah. beautiful. That's awesome. That's so it's so uncommon for you know. For, I feel like for a lot of people who are so involved in that, um, it's just you know they're kind of the ones that are the most. Um, like, you know, factual about mm-hmm. existence. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so you, um, how long have you been going to um, Passion? So I moved here January 5th of, of 15. So it was 1515. Mm-hmm. I'll never forget it. But I've been going <laughs> there um, three and three, almost four years. Wow. Yeah. That's so amazing. It's been so cool. And, yeah. And so you um, were in pharmaceutical sales when you first got there, right? Yes. And so what do you do now and how did you, how did you get to that point? That's a great question. So I'm in ministry now. Um, and that is a story in itself. I remember, so, so one of the big things that happened in my life was early, it was was January 1st of 2016. I was driving down the road. I was coming from Tuscaloosa back to Atlanta and I was coming back for the passion conference. It was the first one I would ever serve at. 
Um, I'd never had any experience with it, didn't know anything about it. And I remember driving back and I was listening to the new album mm-hmm. that had just come out. So I always typically release on the, on January 1st or on the first day of the conference. And so they had released it that day. And there was a song that was coming up by Christy Knuckles, who I love to death, but I'm always like not ready to listen to her new music. I'm like, I'm so in love with this. I'm not ready for anything new. <laughs> so <laughs> I like, wanted to skip the song. I don't know why. But anyway, you know, it's the whole thing with not being able to do change well. But anyway, yeah. I, just no joke. And I know it was Holy Spirit now, but then I had no idea what was going on. And it just felt like the Lord said to me, do not change the channel. Like, do not change this song. And I started listening to mm-hmm. it. And the song was called Your Grace Amazes Me. And I'm driving down the road in the middle of this song and I have like an open vision. And listen, I grew up in a Methodist church. Like we wear robes and we sing songs (laughs) and we stand up and sit down and stand up and sit down. If you had a vision of something, I'm pretty sure I probably would have been put like in a home somewhere. Not to say that like the leaders weren't amazing. It just wasn't talked about. So people are like, yeah, they, they, they didn't operate in the that side of the spirit. Yeah, no, no, no. So or at least it had never been told to me. And, yeah. you know, our family just didn't operate that way. So anyway, I have this open vision. I'm driving down the road and have this open vision of Jesus. And he's walking up Calvary and he's just like beaten and bloody and he's carrying his cross. And it, he looked at me straight in the eyes. And it was as if he were saying to me, this is how much my grace cost. It was mm. free to you, but this is how much it cost me. And I want you to cherish it. And I wept like, you know how Peter, it says Peter wept bitterly. I was Peter in that moment driving down the road. And um, it's just a testament to God's faithfulness to keep us safe because I'm on the interstate weeping like it is my job. Yeah. And um, so, and I don't tell a lot of people that because it's not something that people receive very well, but it just happened. That's all I can say. And um, well, that is, you know, my podcast, like I want people to know like that that side of things it's like it's so important for me to for people to know that it's you know that God Jesus desperately wants us to to have those moments Mm -hmm. to be to be so open um to just receive him in those times um because I you know even with myself you know I uh I don't know I don't know if you would if you'd really call it like a vision I don't know but I was at, this was a couple months ago. I was at this point in my life and my uh, therapist was telling me to read these scriptures, um, you know, to say who I was. Right. Yeah. And, you know, you can imagine, you know, fearfully, wonderfully made, you know, all that mm-hmm. stuff. Um, and I was reading Galatians five and I was reading the beginning of it mm-hmm. and, you know, was kind of soaking that in. Well, then I just, I kept reading and it was, um, it was talking about um, living a free life mm-hmm. and, um, and in that moment, there was a there's a part of it. I think I was reading either the Passion Translation mm-hmm. or or the Message. I can't remember, but there was a part that said like I've tried to tell you this before. Mm. And as I was I was sitting at my desk at work, like not even supposed to be like reading my Bible, I'm supposed <laughs> to be working. And and um, I was reading this, and I just literally like I just felt like God. And I was already sitting down, but I just felt like He like pushed me in my chair. Hmm. And was like, you know, his finger was pointing at me and he was like this, like, I have tried to tell you this before Hmm. and you did not listen. And this is why you're here Hmm. because you, you did not heed my warning. And it, it felt, it honestly felt like a final 
warning. Like, like, like the two paths were perfectly laid out in front of me. Mm. And it was like, you know, here's this path of destruction, Mm -hmm. you know, and this is what that looks like. Like we can clearly see to the end of the road. Man. This is, this is where you'll end up. Wow. Um, Cause it'll only bring you death. And then, you know, here's this path with me while it seems, you know, like a never ending mountain and it seems unclear, you know, we know that at the end of this, like you're going to find me. Yeah. And, and I was just like, okay. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, I know I hear you. Like I am, I receive this word Man. and like, we're going to do this no matter, um, how painful this becomes mm. and wow go ahead go ahead you want to say something well I was just gonna say it's, it's interesting that God knows how to he knows how to get to the heart of the yes. issue because he knows what what the root is because for me for me it was just a flippant like I'm just grace it's beautiful I love it it's grace you know but I yeah. was like throwing it around like confetti and mm-hmm. meanwhile, didn't realize that what I was actually throwing around was like a lead balloon. Like it, this is heavy stuff. Like my grace yeah. is not, it may feel like beauty to you, but it was hard for me to walk through. So yeah, mm-hmm. I love that he has, he knows how to communicate with each one of us. And it's so funny that you mentioned that scripture because I've been in that scripture exactly for the, the last two days. Oh my gosh. That is nuts. I know. Oh, yeah, I just like I just highlighted the whole thing and, um, <clears throat> you know, just been revisiting it um, because, you know, as, as time passes, we kind of or at least for me, like I can forget. I can forget the the power of that moment. Mm, yeah. And so, you know, it's kind of like when you were saying you wanted to read um, Scary Close every quarter. Yeah. Um, You have to you have to remind yourself of of like where he's brought you from and in those moments because mm-hmm. it's as a human, it's just so easy to forget. Totally. It totally is a hundred percent. Yeah. So, um, is there anything else that you, you want to add about your story or yeah, anything yeah. you want to say? Yeah. So just to, just to kind of help us like go back around to what we're talking about, about how I got out of pharmaceutical sales. That was, that was just the main turning point of, you know, when my story just turned on a dime. Um, yeah, yeah. and, it was like I was, it was like light just entered my body. It was almost like how you walk, like Israel crossed, they crossed the Red Sea, but mm-hmm. then they walked around in the wilderness for a long time. And it was <laughs> finally like I was crossing the Jordan. You know what I mean? Like it was like, yeah. oh my gosh, my eyes have been opened and light is filling my soul. And I was so starving for it. Like I remember mm. being in my job and driving around and not, and like I could not wait to get home and turn on the TV. And I, I didn't know how to read the Bible. Like I went home that night and I turned on TV and I was like, we're just going to hope for the best. Cause I don't know what to do. <laughs> and so I turned it on and t- Perry stone was on there and the man is brilliant. And he talks really fast. I didn't know his name at the time. And I ended up finding out later. Um, but anyway, he was just matching up all these prophecies from the old Testament and the new Testament and all this stuff. And I was like, what? Like, <laughs> Jesus, you're more real than I actually knew. And, um, yeah. and just like relating it to Christ. And so anyway, everything changed in that moment. And I became so hungry for the things of God. It was like, I had never eaten before and mm. I was just starving. And so throughout the first several months of that year, I would say the first three months of that year, it was like the spirit of revelation and knowledge that, you know, all these scriptures talk about just came upon my life. And it was, um, 
understand it was like theological understandings and realities that I could not have known from reading scripture that the Lord just revealed to me Um, and it was so beautiful but I remember I was watching a sermon from Elevation Church called um, love them so good Um, and it was called the secret cost of a high calling and I remember I was watching it on my iPad mini which I don't even know where (laughs) that is Um, and it was I, I was in my bedroom in my apartment in Atlanta and I remember I remember hearing this voice that I thought I was crazy, but it, it was so real and so undeniable. And the Lord said, I'm you, I'm going to walk you out of pharmaceutical sales in the seventh month of this year. And I was like, no, like, what are you doing? Like, I don't know anything else to do. What am I going to do? What am I going to do? What am I going to do? You know, like I just yeah. had no idea. Well, J- July 13th, I got a call that I was being let go from the company that I was working with and it was the most liberating. And, and just even in the midst of that, I just kept hearing the Lord and there was a scripture that was highlighted to me one day and it was Acts twenty seven twenty four. I think it, it, no, 20, I can't remember, but it, whatever it is, it says, don't fear because the Lord has given you all the people in this boat. And it just felt Mm -hmm. like the Lord was saying, like, I've given you people that will sustain you and get you through this season, but the, 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 the ship's going to crash, like the ship's going to wreck and it's okay because I've given you people. And so I just held on to that and I held on to that and, and I watched my community just rise up around me and be the body of Christ. And it was so incredible Um, and ended up getting to move home and live with my dad. It was the first time in my life that I had lived with my dad. Um, and got to live there for a long time and just um, spend time with family. And it was just a beautiful thing. And I knew because I had been in seminary months before and met this girl who worked for iDisciple. And I just knew that was where the Lord was leading me. And I didn't know how I was going to get there, but I'd been praying about it. And um, in the meantime, I'd gotten a new pharmaceutical sales job, double the money. Like it just was incredible that the Lord just will give you back everything that the enemy steals from you. Mm. And he gave me back. It was more money. I was in that job three months to the day. And I remember waking up at two in the morning one morning. And I was like, you know, it was 222. And the Lord always speaks to me through numbers. And I was like, okay, God, what are you saying? And I totally did not expect him to answer. And he said, we have to break you of this love of gold and silver. And that Mm -hmm. afternoon I was in Augusta and I got a call that my entire team was being let go. And it was because of just various things in pharmaceuticals, like insurance, not covering your product or whatever. And had to drive all the way back from Augusta (laughs) to Atlanta and the whole time going, Jesus, what are you doing? And it was like the next weekend that um, the girl that had worked for a disciple called me and she said, Hey, um, I just, I, I just left iDisciple. I just put in my two weeks notice, but I'd love to recommend you for the position. Um, and I was like, well, okay. Um, yeah, let's do it. I don't have a car, but we'll, we'll figure it out. Mm-hmm. And just the Lord and his kindness um, opened that door for me, but it was six months later. And there was just a whole lot of, there was a whole lot of waiting, a whole lot of getting to know God. And he worked mm-hmm. in my heart in so many beautiful ways in that during that time. Um, and even since then, but it's just been a beautiful transition of God literally taking me out of this place of abundance that I was trying to provide for myself into being open-handed with what, with everything that I have and knowing that God is good and wants to fill my hands and it's his joy to prosper his children. And so yeah. it is, it's just 
so beautiful to go from a place of constantly striving. And that's what I felt like I was doing when I was in pharmaceutical sales. Not everybody does, but that's what I felt. And going from a place of striving to going from a place of resting, knowing that God loves me enough to provide for me and that I can be humble and receive whatever it is that he wants to give me. And he since then has just done so many things to just prosper me and in my soul and just in life. And it's just been so beautiful to get to watch that process unfold. Yeah, that's amazing. Um, you know, I, I told you a little bit about um, when I lost my job at the beginning of the year mm-hmm. and, um, you know, just went on this trip, had like no money. Um, and I, uh, I remember as I was, as I was trying to find another job, you know, I'd been in a, been in real estate um, world for like three years. And I was just like, you know, and I was really hurt by this the situation of, of me being let go. And um, it was a great friend of mine and just the way it was handled. It was just really heartbreaking for me. And, um, <clears throat> and I was like, God, like, are you telling me like, I don't need to be in real estate anymore? Like, should I just like go somewhere else, do something different? Like, I just don't know. <clears throat> and so I had all these other interviews and uh, had an interview at a mortgage company and um, they offered me a position and for some reason it was just like, I don't want to take this. Mm, yeah. <laughs> um, it was like, I, I don't feel right about it. I know I need a job. Um, but I just felt like God was telling me to be, um, to be patient mm. and to, and you know, not to just accept the first thing that was given to me. Yeah. And, um, a friend of mine, her name is Michelle. She, um, knew this other mortgage company that was looking for someone, um, they weren't really wanting to hire anybody. It was just kind of going to be if it was the right fit or not. Yeah. And uh, so I meet these guys um, at this coffee shop and they just start, you know, telling me their story about how they're, you know, they do this mortgage thing with their real passion is um, rescuing women from human trafficking. Oh, wow. Um, they're partnered with an organization called Rescue Freedom. And I had just gotten back from Ghana where we were rescuing kids from child trafficking. Wow. And so I'm like, well, this is like a divine appointment mm. because like they're passionate about this. I'm passionate about this. And like, this is just crazy. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, and so uh, I, you know, they email me back an offer and it's a little bit lower than my other offer. And I was like, well, I was like, God, I, I can't take this offer because like it will not pay my bills. Mm. Um, and yep. so I was like, I, ha- I have to go with this other offer. Yep. And, um, and so I accept the other offer that I didn't really want to accept, which is me panicking. <laughs> and then, um, and then Matt, my boss emailed me, emails me back and he was like, well, this is your, this is your bonus structure. Like, let me explain it to you. And he was like, you know, we'll give you this amount um, guaranteed all of that. And so then I call the guy at the other company back. I'm like, look, I actually don't accept the position. <laughs> like, That's so insane. Yeah. I was like, thank you so much for your time. But like, I, I'm sorry. I just can't accept it. And then uh, started um, a couple weeks later working for Matt and Brandon. And, um, you know, it's just it's been a such a big blessing for me because you know, I, um, I had amazing insurance or have amazing insurance. Yeah. And, um, a couple months ago found out I had an autoimmune disease and it's just like the timing of me getting this great job, me getting my insurance, um, like all panned out the perfect way in order for me to be able to take care of myself during this time. 
And to go a step further, I had uh, originally signed up to do a health savings account. And um, because I'm like, well, I'm not really ever sick. Like, I don't really need, you know, big insurance or whatever. And um, the day before (laughs) I uh, was supposed to have my insurance, like it was like the last day to change everything. Mm -hmm. Um, I had this huge bump come up under my armpit. Oh, wow. And I was like, I feel like this is going to be a problem. (laughs) And I feel like I feel like I'm going to need to go to the doctor several times. And uh, so I call our HR people. I'm like, look, I need to change my insurance. So we get it all changed. My armpit thing. I'm so stupid, but they ended up, I have ended up having a lancet open. I had to go back like six times over the course of a couple weeks to get it situated. Oh, wow. Um, and then right after that is whenever I found out that I had um, Graves disease. And so it's wow. like, it's like not only did I, you know, really need a job with insurance, but God, like changed my insurance at the last second of when I would need it the most. Wow. And it's just like those like little things that you don't think yeah. that he pays attention to. Totally. Like insurance or, you know, like had he not given me this, you know, armpit wound, yeah, um, <laughs> you know, I wouldn't have changed my insurance. And so it's just like, you're just like, wow. <laughs> wow. Oh my yeah. goodness. Wow. That is insane. So that's a thyroid disorder, right? Yes. Oh, wow. Yeah, so That's there's, so crazy. Yeah, there's Graves' disease and then there's Hashimoto's. So um, for me, um, mine, my thyroid overproduces okay. because it's being attacked versus Hashimoto's underproduces. Um, That's and so, so interesting. Yeah, and just they've been so understanding through me trying to get my health on track. And I've kind of, like, been all over the place as far as, like, my mind and, you know, my energy levels and all that. And yeah. so God's God's faithfulness has just been – super evident, um, through all of this. And yeah. it sounds like for you, you know, you were in this, you know, season of, um, of waiting and it's just like, you know, he, yeah. he showed up and provided more than you could have ever even dreamed of. Oh, totally. And what's crazy yeah. about your story is that I actually had accepted a job from another person too. And it was, um, it was all money-based and it was, mm-hmm. um, so I'd accepted a job with, to be a salesperson at a national insurance provider. And it was triple the money that I had ever made in pharmaceutical sales. And I was like, yes, Jesus, you are the <laughs> God of the increase. Amen. <laughs> and so anyway, and so I, the next day, th- so I got the offer on a Friday and there was going to be a five week window between the time that they offered the job and the time that I was to start and I was downstairs the next day and my stepmom said, so are you going to keep interviewing? And there was no one that had, that wanted to interview me. I didn't have anybody that was even interested. And I was mm-hmm. like, well, no. And she was like, well, you have five weeks. I mean, if, if that's not really where you want to be, you, you know, you have time. And I remember she walked upstairs and I went into my room and it was like the audible voice of God came to me and he said, I decide was going to reach out with, reach out to you. And they're going to want to hire you and you're going to have to go back and tell these other people that you don't want to work for them. And I was like, well, way to humble a sister. You know what I mean? (laughs) Like, I'm like, wait, hold on. Am I crazy again? But at that point, like I knew the voice of the Lord so specifically. And, um, so I was just like, all right, no joke. Two or three days later, I get an email from the girl who's my boss now. And she was like, Hey, we'd love to interview you. And I was like, Whoa, what's happening? (laughs) <laughs> and um, ended up in- interviewing me and they, it, they literally offered me the job at four thirty on the Friday before I was supposed to start at the other job. And I 
was so afraid. I did not want to have to call those people and be like, hey, I'm so sorry. I'm not. And I was like, yeah, so it's so awkward. Yeah. <laughs> it was beautiful, though, because when I did call, neither the boss or the HR person answered the phone. And wow. I, so I left them messages. And then I also emailed them both. And neither one of them ever wrote back. So I was like, hey, listen, Jesus, you just handle it. Yeah. And thank you for not letting them answer their phones. But very, very similar thing. And it was. I mean, the amount of, the amount of, um, the amount of money that I make at this current job is significantly less than I was going to make at Kaiser. But, you know, when you hear the Lord specifically on something and you, you, you have gotten to know him as provider and you, he's already told you, I'm breaking you of this love of gold and silver. Mm -hmm. You just trust you just trust it, you know, and for yeah. someone who can be very fearful at times, that's just a very hard thing to do, but I just had to trust it. And it, I mean, didn't even mention that the job was 55 <laughs> miles away from my house. So, oh, wow. yeah, I mean, the Lord will just stretch you, you know, when it's time. But, yeah. Um, yeah. It's, it's worth it. And just getting him, getting to know him in that intimate space is just beautiful. Yeah. That's, that's so amazing that like I, one, you know, that you were obedient enough to, to do that um you know because a lot of people you can say you know oh well it's too far it's not enough money you know like this is not the best option for me but it's like you know it brought to brought you to such a beautiful place and um that's just so amazing to like see the other side of it like yeah you know like when you're not in the midst of it like you're on the other side and you're like this is like the most you know amazing thing that god could have done in that season and it's just so man yeah I just I hope people get so much hope from that like if they're in their own season of you know not understanding where God is or what he's doing Mm -hmm. that like everything that we've said can just be a testament to like God's got this yeah like he you know he will never ever let us down and it may not look like we think it should look but Mm -hmm. you know but in his timing like it'll all be revealed and we'll be like well you actually know way more than I do so yeah (laughs) So I'm going to let you do your thing and I'm going to get out of the way. Yeah. And I think it just is getting to know him in a relational way of of going like, okay, who are you for real? And one of the things that really helped me and as I was growing in my faith is to really study the names of God and who he says he is. And Mm. one of those, I mean, there, there are tons of resources out there. There's one on my website that you can download. It's a free download, but um, it just has the names of God and like what it means. Um, and just getting to know him in that way, like he calls himself Jehovah Jireh, the Lord will provide. He calls himself Jehovah Rapha, the Lord, my healer. He calls himself Jehovah Shema, the Lord is there. And you get to know him in not just his nature, but in the names that he is. And mm. if he calls himself something, he has to stand by it. And yeah. so I, we don't yeah, necessarily Je- know how to trust that. But, you know, I think mm-hmm. getting to know him in those ways are just so helpful when you're walking through times of uncertainty and not knowing where God is in it and just referring back to that and going, okay, here's what's true. Yeah. And it's as somebody who has been in church my whole life, I was listening to the song peace by Hillsong Mm. and you know, they talk about Jehovah Shalom in the song. I'm like, what does that mean? Yeah. I I didn't know what it meant. And then I realized, Oh my, they're talking about, God is peace. Mm -hmm. Like he's a God of peace. And, you know, I just discovered all this Enneagram stuff and desperately needed peace in my life. And I was Mm. just like, like, wow, you know, I'm a peacemaker, but like God's 
God's peace is already there. Like, yeah. I don't, I don't need to keep the peace. I don't need Come to on. worry about controlling my environment. Mm-hmm. Um, because like, if he's in it, like there's peace girl. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. yes. I'm and, and yes. so I'm just like, I want to get this tattooed on my body. Because, <laughs> Cause I'm like, I need, I need to remember that, mm-hmm. um, in times where I try to be the source of my own peace. Yeah. Um, because it's like, he's already, he's already won it. Yeah. Totally. A hundred percent. Like I can't, I can't win it, Mm-mm. you know? And it's, it's like you're saying, you know, the, or what your story before, like the cost of this piece mm-hmm. was Calvary. Yeah. And it's like, if I, the more that I try to bring in my own piece, the more that I diminish the cost wow. of Calvary. Oh, wow. Girl. <laughs> that, <laughs> and, I need to write that down. <laughs> wow. Um, and it's, and it's just such like a, a sobering thing to, to realize and that's what I was thinking about as you were telling that story because I'm just like we as humans like all the ways that we're that we're doing that very thing and it's like I just don't I don't want to do that mm-hmm. like because it's like that song you know he's worthy of it all yeah and and I just want to like live in that and like and if I don't like Lord like check me because <laughs> Check, check myself before I wreck myself. <laughs> yes. I love what you were saying about peace too, because as, yeah. as I, I thought it was a seven for the longest time and I recently figured out that I'm a nine with a one wing and, um, what the Lord said to me recently, because I'm learning to stand in what's true for myself, be vocal mm-hmm. about that so that my relationships can function in a healthy way, but also maintain a posture of love and humility. And one of the things that the Lord said to me recently was he said, I never said, blessed are the peacekeepers. Mm. I said, blessed are the peacemakers. And when you keep the peace, all you're trying to do is not disrupt the inertia. You're trying to not, not, you know, not move what's already moving because it feels like it would, it, it just feels like if you were to touch it, it would just be so painful and what I'm learning is that he said, blessed are the peacemakers, the people who bring peace. And Jesus never came to this earth to be um, compliant. And he never came to this mm. earth to try to keep the peace. He came to completely buck every system that was keeping the people he loved in bondage. And yeah. systems of religion and systems of um, just bondage. And, and he came with a willingness to say really, really hard things in the midst of people who could have taken his life and eventually did. And he came to bring the peace and to make peace, but making peace oftentimes brings justice along with it because you have to, you have to be able to acknowledge what's wrong in the situation. And recently Mm -hmm. um, I started doing Jesus yoga. I call it yoga. If you've never heard of, <laughs> if you've never heard of Caroline Williams yoga, um, she is incredible. She's on YouTube. Um, she's a, a website. I just found her like two weeks ago. And, um, but this last week I was kind of struggling through something and trusting God in something. And, um, I did, there's a series that she does called, uh, meet Jesus on your yoga mat. I'm in day one and we're in this like seated chair pose. And I'm like, Jesus, like, I cannot <laughs> hold this. And she says, settle in to the confusion of this pose. It can feel mm. 
painful. It can feel confusing. It can feel wild. Settle into it. Find the Lord in it. And it just reminded me so much that God's in the tension. When, when the earth was formless and void, the Lord, the spirit of the Lord came close to the formless and order, orderlessness and it hovered over the waters. But the Lord came close in order to bring order. So he's, yeah. he, he can be in both the tension and in the victory. And he can be in the tension because he's already the God of the victory. And it just was so beautiful to me to be able to see that I don't have to feel like darkness or like tension or like things that are hard or wrestling mm-hmm. is a place where God is not. I can know victory yeah. in the midst of that because mm-hmm. it's, he's already been there and he's already won it. Yes. Yes, 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 yes. Um, you know, and that just makes me think about what I was talking to you about earlier about this guy. And he said that um, also Enneagram type nine, but that his, uh, his mission was to heal and to heal. Mm. And it's like, you know, he's healing others when he's not quite healed himself. But like God is, it's like the way that, uh, like, you know, we think very, I guess, I'm not really great at like these terms, but like linear, I guess, <laughs> yeah, is the way. And like God is so like above that, below it, mm-hmm. you know, like He's just like wiggling all over the place. And it's like we're only thinking very one dimensional, yes. Um, and God's like, well, like we're all moving together, you know, yeah. like like I'm changing you as I'm changing them, and it's like all all fluid. Mm. And yes. and I just think kind of exactly what you're saying about being in the tension, but also. Mm-hmm you know, claiming your victory in that. Um, and it's just like, I'm like pumped up right now. Oh man. I love that and- so much. <laughs> I love that so much. I was actually just reading about, um, Joshua three. I've just been kind of sitting for a minute. Um, and recently I really just like was just overcome by it. And I've always felt like I'm just still wandering around in the wilderness. You know what I mean? Like how like the Israelites were like, we up here for 40 years. And yes, so I I loved (laughs) what, um, I loved what, I loved what happened in between the time when they first went into the land and Joshua and Caleb went. And when they came back and the person that was entrusted to lead was Joshua. But if you go back and look at the text, Caleb is the first one to speak up. And he's like, guys, we got this. Don't worry about it. We got it. And then there's these eight bros over here who are like, guys, it's some giants over there and we should have take them down. You know what I'm saying? Because we're little. Like we're grasshoppers in their sight. We're not going to take them down. And Joshua is the last person to speak. And then, you know, all of Israel's like, we should have died in Egypt. Let's just go on back, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, Joshua holds his tongue and in the very next chapter, the very beginning, he says, if God delights in us, we will move into this land. And the, the picture of the two people who came back with the good report were two people that were very high up. Joshua was Moses' servant, but Caleb was very high up. And of the two people that were entrusted to lead the armies and lead all of Israel, Joshua was the one chosen. And when you look at his response, he didn't say, I got this. Mm. He said, God, if he delights in us, will bring us the victory. He entrusted the victory to God. And I think so many times we entrust the victory to us. And that's what brings us to anxiety. Mm. And that's what brings us to this place of 
um, oh my gosh, well, I can't do this. I can't, you know, and it's not about focusing on our, on our flesh and our inability. It's about focusing on the God is who makes a way. Yes. You know? Yeah. That, that is, is so powerful. And, um, and just like, yeah, like that, I don't even have words cause that's just so, so, so amazing. And, um, you know, I was telling you a little bit about how I was just, how I really needed to, to be a nine and, you know, be by myself and kind of refill myself up. Um, cause I've just been super busy and, mm. you know, I just want to say that this episode has given me so much like in my cup. Mm. Um, this is, br- this has brought me so much joy and, um, just, yeah, like I just feel the fullness of God and it just makes me like, mm. it's like all the stuff that I thought that was going to fill me up. God's like, no, actually, like it's, it's going to be your conversation with Ren that's going to fill mm. you up. Um, and so thank you for, for sharing that and for, for bringing us to this place. Cause I yeah. just, I just feel God in this and it's so, so beautiful. Oh my gosh. Well, thank you so much for having me. And I just love you already. I know we've never met in person, <laughs> but I just already think that God has so much for this friendship in the future. And just, I feel like our stories are so similar and I feel like that, you know, God, Christine Kane says that God, God puts books in hands, but I think also God leads people to listen to certain things. Um, and so yeah. the people who are going to listen to this, I feel like are probably going to be walking through something similar, or if they haven't, they either know someone that's going to, or they themselves are going to in the future. And so I would just, if you're okay with that, I would just love to pray. Oh my gosh. I was, ju- I was just about to ask you to do that. So, ah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yes, I would love that. Awesome. Jesus, thank you so much for this time, God. Um, I'm just so honored even to just be asked to come on this, but God, we just love you. and We want to make much of you. Um, and the more we know you, the more we can make much of you because we can, we can step into that place of tension and say, God, I know that you're here. And I know that you're not just here, but like C.S. Lewis talks about you're outside of time and inside of time. It's like being in the middle of a bicycle and being able to touch every part of the bicycle. And God, we just, I just ask, I pray for healing over the, over the hearts that are going to listen to this, that you're going to go back in time and show them where you were and just go show them where you have been threading light throughout their stories all along. And God, I just ask for healing for their hearts so that they could get to know you as Jehovah Jireh, the God who um, provides Jehovah Rapha, the God who heals Jehovah Shema, the God who's there. Um, God, we just, I just ask for um, just an overwhelming sense of your presence because that is what brings us to life, God. And I pray, we talk a lot of in this episode about hearing God. And I just, I remember being in a place where I never thought you were real and then being in a place where I knew you were real, but I still didn't think that you spoke. And I just pray, um, I pray for ears to be open to your voice, Lord, so that they can hear your guiding voice um, throughout their life. In your, in your scriptures, you say, my sheep hear my voice. And I just pray that they would know that if they have responded um, to you in any point, that they have heard your voice and that they would be willing to listen to that. Lord, I just pray over all the hearts that are here, God, everybody who has stepped into this place to, to experience this storytelling with us today, God, that they would remember where you are in their story, God, that they would see you so clearly in all of their steps, Lord, and that if they are in a pit of despair, 
today, God, that they would remember your promise over them is to prosper and not to harm them, that you have good plans for their life, God, and that even in the midst of the pain and the struggle and just figuring all of the things out, even in the tension of not knowing what comes next, God, that you're there and that your plans to prosper them are going to come to completion because you are the God that starts with, that finishes what you start. So we love you, God. We thank you for this time. And it's in your son's name that we pray. Amen. Amen, man. That just, that blessed me so much. You just don't even know. Um, well, thank you again, Bren, for, for coming on this podcast. And, I am so grateful to, um, to get to know you a little bit and, um, you know, I'm so excited for the things to come and, um, just thank you for coming along on this podcast journey with me. Yeah. Thank you, girl. (laughs) Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. Well, have an awesome day and we will talk soon. Thanks. You too. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you so much for tuning in to this week's episode of Stories with Sarah. I hope that it blessed you. And if you are loving these podcasts, please, please get the word out there. Share these with your friends. I want to get these stories into the hands of as many people as possible because there is so much power in sharing your story. And I want to give everyone hope that your story never ends with ashes. Thank you.